Corona Chronicle Session 9 with Weta Michael Restaurants, Doug Mullins. Doug, how are you, man? I got Doug Mullen on the phone with uh, a Weta Restaurant Group. Talk to me, brother. Well, uh, you know, it's been a challenging time. Um, we're doing everything we can. We had 10 locations um, as of a week or so ago, and uh, we are down to five operating locations. Um, and uh, basically about 150 employees are are on leave right now. Um, you know, they, uh, they luckily they did have a, a paycheck coming today. And of course we're investigating all the opportunities. Um, but you know, the real issue is of course tipped employees. We do have several full service restaurants. Um, and, but we have an incredibly generous community here, uh, that has started making donations to a fund to take care of our, uh, our tipped employees, the, Central Kentucky, you know, Lexington, Midway for sales. They've all been great. So we have that going on. One of the things that we're doing that's kept everybody's spirits uh, a little better is uh, we're taking the time to uh, deep clean all our restaurants, basically the ones that are closed, treat them like, um, like they're closing for the season or, or, you know, like we want it to be like a new restaurant when we reopen. Um, We're, moving all our resources around um, to make sure that if it's something that we can't use, we're donating it to local food pantries. Um, and then everything else is being categorized. It's either being repurposed or, uh, you know, in some cases we're, we're blanching off ingredients for later use. And uh, so we're trying all the tactics that we can. Uh, and then until further notice, the, the restaurants that are open are going to be preparing family meals for all of our employees that they can pick up curbside. Okay. Uh, making notes as you go. Um, how are you doing, man? I, I like to typically start these off with checking in with my guests and how they're doing. Are you, I mean, as well as you can, I'm sure. But uh, anything – Just I just like to make sure I'm paying attention to not just the, the state of the, the, the restaurant but the, the state of the people within the restaurants. Well, yeah, you know, for me, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been uh, it's been a little bit, you know, trying because you know so much of me is invested in in what I do, uh, and and what I do for our restaurant group. So um, the most difficult for me part for me has been you know the lack of control. Um, so uh, you know I I you know that's kind of can can kind of get you down, but at the same time you know I I have people around me that I need to stay positive for. Um, and with almost no exceptions, I'm older than anyone that works for me. So, you know, I, I, I try to take on that kind of fatherly role and say, oh, here, here, we'll get through this. You know, I've seen rough times before and, you know, and honestly I was, I was in the business on nine 11. Um, you know, I was in the workforce when the stock market tanked in 1987 and, um, I, I have been through some things in the past. So, how does this yeah, stack I, up with where you are and what you've experienced in the past? Um, how does this compare to those other trying times? Well, honestly, this is a completely different thing. I mean, this is a you know a, a government mandated shutdown. You know, and I think back to uh, I think back to nine eleven, and um, it was, and I was actually in the, in the bar business, you know, bar and grill business primarily bar at the time. And, uh, 
people came in, you know, they came in looking for that, you know, that comfort, that camaraderie. We can't do that this time. Mm. It's exactly what we shouldn't be doing. So the hardest part about this and the thing that's the most different is all the things that would give us comfort are precisely the things that we, we can't, can't do. do togetherness, <laughs> human contact, uh, you know, consoling yeah, comfort. I, I, yeah, man. I mean, even, you know, going to the gym in Kentucky, you know, uh, as of 5 p.m. today, you know, where we are, you, you know, gyms are closed. And so, you know, over the last week, it's been like, okay, I'm going to take some time and go to the gym. I can't do that anymore. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I'm, you really shouldn't, to, to be honest, and then you really shouldn't be around anybody else. Um, you know, and people are saying, well, if you gather in small groups, well, that's, that's great. Unless somebody in your small group has coronavirus. So, so, you know, that's the main difference is the, this is the one time that I can think of where when these past events happened, the thing that was, that we could use to comfort ourselves is the thing, precisely the thing we can't do. Yeah. Um, so I mean, how, where do we go for, for solace, for comfort, if we can't go to other people? What, are there, are there things you guys are doing to get creative or are there communities online that, I mean, it's not quite the same, uh, but it, you know, it is human interaction. It is being able to get emotions out and be able to listen and be there for each other. What, what are you doing? What are you seeing people do? Well, I, I think one of the best things I've, I've heard is one of my friends uh, Brady Barlow, who was one of the owners of Wessex Brewing, you know, just went on Facebook and said, hey, you know, our phones work for voice calls. How about we actually call each other and talk on the phone instead of texting <laughs> yeah. or typing online right. and we could actually hear each other's voice. And it's like, that's a great idea, you know, thought. and so I, I'm encouraging everybody, hey, call people, just talk to them on the phone. And, um, you know, I we reached out to a, a friend uh, in Florida yesterday, who's in, in the restaurant business, you know, on a much grander scale. And, uh, you know, I talked to him and it's hard. It's hard not to be negative when you're talking to somebody, especially when they're in the business and, you know, they're talking about, you know, what's going on in their area. And uh, I said, well, we're a little bit ahead of you. You know, they're just now closing your bars. We have everything closed. And, um, but I, I think that it's, it's really to find the contact and find the community wherever you can, mm. Um, if it's, if it's online, if it's, you know, maybe it's at home, you know, yeah, maybe it's at home, maybe it's a phone call. And, you know, I did see a funny meme the other day on Facebook where it said, um, seventh day of no sports. There's a woman sitting on my couch. She says she was to my wife. Seems nice. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, okay, yeah, maybe this is the time where, you could, you know, rediscover those people in your world that, you know, maybe you've been not spending enough time with, you know, yeah. in my case, my wife, my wife and I spent a lot of time together and, you know, and, and, and you know, so that's certainly not the case, but, um, it's kind of sad to me, think I've that been, it, it takes a, a pandemic to bring people together. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it also, it's, 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 it's uplifting to know that, um, we can be faced with a government shutdown. All these things can happen and uh, we can come together. We, it's, it's easier to be together in the greater sense, like the broader sense because of how fast we can communicate and how fast we can share knowledge, how fast we can share best practices and how fast we can not maybe be physically together, but spiritually together and aligned with what we can do to get out of this thing 
like which I think is there's a lot of you know there's some solace in that you know well I, yeah I, I think that's a, a a big part of it is that you know it's just really how how we deal with it you know with the circumstances and um you know i i've I've been thinking a lot about that lately about you know what this for one thing what you know the things that it highlights in our in our society and our system overall uh you know I've been thinking a lot about that part because it's like okay the, these things that we didn't really think about um and you know not to get too far off track, but the fact that because we can't you know we've closed the schools now we have to make sure children are fed. Um, but you know, at the same time for me, it, you know, uh, you know, I'm telling people all the time, like, look, you know, maybe this, this needs to be, we need to take a lesson from this. I've said to several of, you know, of my team who, you know, they shouldn't be in the, at the point where they have no safety net, no savings or anything, but because of, you know, their lifestyle, they, they they don't really have a lot of savings and I'm like, you need to take a lesson from this and, yeah. and make sure that, that you build up your savings because, you know, it always seems like it's going great guns. And, you know, I've, I've had the father talk with a few of them saying, Hey, you know, 1987, man, I, I was doing great. I, you know, I had a great job. I was, and I was, you know, thought everything was going smooth and with smooth sailing. And, you know, I was putting all my money in mutual funds and, and, uh, pretty risky ones and hey, then, then it all went away. And, and then, you know, the, the economy slowed down and all of a sudden, the, you know, the money wasn't there either. And I learned from it, you know, it, it was a lesson I learned. And one of the things I learned from it was to be more self-reliant. Yeah. And I think this is, you know, there's always silver linings, right? And I think that, that that's definitely one of them is that we can learn something from this, especially the younger generation. I'm, I'm on the edge of that younger generation at 34. Um, even my generation uh, and the ones immediately on my heels have never really been faced with a uh, catastrophe. Um, we're the point where we're, we're in the working class, you know what I'm saying? In the past 14, 15 years, uh, and those who are, fall within that bubble have never really been faced with adversity, adversity where they are super up against it. Um, a lot of people are losing their jobs, uh, not just like line employees, but directors of operations, like people who are, have built their entire careers to get up to this point. They're in the mid thirties. Now they're, they're running businesses and they have a, a, a career in hospitality. They get, laid off and there's no market for them. Like they have these skills that they can't apply anywhere right now. So, um, I think this adversity is going to make us stronger over time. Well, you know, I, I think an interesting point you make is that, you know, we've had this, you know, in, you know, a news, news flash to you are the younger generation. Okay. Here in your mid thirties, <laughs> you're the younger generation. Well, I'm sorry, like um, my generation, I'm on the edge, you know, like saying like, but they, yeah, I, I hear you. Keep going. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Yeah. So I always say if, you know, if, if you were in school on nine 11, <laughs> then I was, then okay. You're not a, an absolute child, but okay. Beyond that. But you know, so, you know, and, and it, I think it's going to be really interesting, you know, weird background. Yes, I'm in the restaurant business and I have been for a long time, but I actually have a degree in history and have continued to study history over the years. And I think it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this in terms of people's alignment and people's philosophies, because one of the things I've, I've noticed is just how different people in that 
under 40 bracket are, and then again, markedly so under 30 in terms of, you know, it's all blue skies, it's all yeah. sunshine. And, uh, you know, you get people my age, you know, I'm coming up on my 60th and I'm saying, hey, be careful. <laughs> you know, it's always something. Yeah. But, you never know um, where it's going to come from. You know, it's, we, we can get so easily blindsided. Yeah. So, you know, but, you know, overall, you know, I, I think, you know, you know, that there will be some thinning out from this and it's really, really unfortunate. You know, I think it's going to happen within restaurant groups and I think it will probably happen within, you know, restaurant communities. And it's unfortunate because external circumstances made it happen. But, um, you know, it's my feeling that in the end we'll come back stronger. Um, I think that, you know, this will highlight those things that were positive and those things that were, you know, I always preach, you know, we're very big on sustainability and, uh, you know, and, our, and, you know, low impact on the environment. But one of the things I always talk about in that same vein is there has to be business sustainability, sustainability of practice. And I think there were probably some things we were doing that weren't sustainable from a business standpoint. Like what? Give me and, an example, something sp- specific. Well, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that we, you know, that we had a tendency to do was um, we aimed at a very small slice of the demographic. And we basically, I think many restaurants neglect the bottom line that, you know, the better bottom line, the more impactful bottom line they would have um, serving a broader public by aiming for that one little slice of the demographic. And, you know, I, I joke with friends a lot that, you know, and I, I ask my friends, please don't call yourself a foodie. Okay. Um, because, you know, you're driving to that. So you're using either products or techniques or, you know, or presentations that aren't, aren't serving the bottom line. And when it comes down to it, we're all in the restaurant business. This is the restaurant business. Um, and I always like to tell them what makes, you know, it, my, my question all the time is, what makes a successful artist a successful artist? People that, oh, well, I mean, depends on who you ask. I would say that they love the work they do and that, you know, they're fulfilled by their art, but some people would say they can pay the bills. <laughs> I was going to say there, therein lies the difference generationally in the way you think versus, you know, for me, for me, you know, and, and I can tell you in the broad historical sense, successful artists were the ones that were able to sustain themselves and, you know, and do their and, art and really, and do their art. I mean, if you look at all the great artists of history, they existed because they had wealthy, they had wealthy patrons who were willing to pay them for their art. And that doesn't matter if it's Michelangelo or if it was Mozart. Okay. They had wealthy patrons who paid them, who took care of them. Well, they lived in a, in a, in a lifestyle and standard of living that was well above the average for their time. So that was the measure of that. So we have to say, okay, you know, if, if you want to be artistic, if you want to turn out, you know, all this, this great, beautiful food that, you know, has all these exotic, interesting flavors, 
that's great, but you have to find a way to get the largest number of people to, to consume that and be willing to pay for it. Um, and, you know, I, I was saying to somebody yesterday that everyone talks about how restaurant employees, so many restaurant employees are paycheck to paycheck and how unfortunate that is. Newsflash, so many restaurant owners are paycheck to paycheck. Right. And, you know, these are people that are running, you know, million dollar, multi-million dollar businesses and two bad weeks is going to mean they can't pay the rent or they can't pay the mortgage. And, um, it, it, and it's just a fact of life. And, um, and it's, and it's not a new phenomenon. I, I can tell you that, you know, I've been in this business for, you know, over 30 years now and it's, it's just the way it is, but you know, we really have to, uh, you know, just keep pointing out to people, Hey, you know, look, this, we need to learn from this. We need to say, okay, look, you know, it's great to, to, you know, please this one slice of, of our restaurant demographic, but we have to make sure that what we're doing allows us the broad base so that we can continue to do it. Um, you know, if, if, if Michelangelo was only working for that one person, he would, you know, that would have been bad. They had multiple patrons and and that's how it works. We have to have multiple patrons. I just want to make sure I understand. Um, so what you're saying is that the, the restaurants that are out there that are, uh, say doing one thing really well, uh, fill in the blank. What are the specialty at burger location, ramen, um, tacos, like the, the, the people that are doing just focusing on that one thing, doing that really well. Is, is that what you mean by the, the specialist or the, the, I, mean, I just want no, to make sure. No, I, no, I, I really mean that, um, it's the people out there that, you know, no, because that's fine. If you, if you, as a matter of fact, if you're, if all you're selling is tacos and you're selling tacos to millions of people, that's exactly what you should be doing. The problem would be if you're, you know, if your, your business is aimed at, you know, the, you know, e- extremely exquisite cuisine or okay. something that's super, super specialized. So not specific as in what you're cooking, but who you're cooking it for. Who you're cooking it for, the, who you're targeting your business for. So, you know, and I think so many times, you know, we, we you know, especially when you get into the finer dining where, you know, we're really appealing to that one small demographic and everybody else kind of falls in behind it. And I, I, you know, I think that's one of the areas that we might be challenged in. I mean, there'll always be a call for that, but there have to be enough people. Um, and, and, you know, not to pump up my own brands, but I think that's one of the things that we've managed to do is we've always managed to have a broad enough appeal with what we do, even at our finest dining restaurant, that we have a a situation where somebody can come in and they can get a dish that they're comfortable with. It may be using top shelf ingredients and it might've been prepared using very European techniques, fine dining techniques, but the basis is still there. So it, it appeals to everyone. Got you. Thank you for clarifying that. And um, one thing I haven't gotten from you and I want to get, we're coming to the end of our call um, is what are you doing in your business to generate cash flow, uh, are you guys doing cr- anything creative? Are you doing anything outside the box? Or what? What have you noticed within the industry that you're going to start trying to do to 
get some type of cash flow to keep some people employed. Can you speak to any of those things? Well, yeah, I think one of the things we're doing is like, for instance, at our fine dining pre-fee restaurant, of course, you can't do that anymore. So we're doing family meals on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, curbside pickup. At last Sunday, we, we've launched it last Sunday before we even knew that we were going to be closing for in-person dining. But we launched it last Sunday, and we did chicken fricassee and steak. And, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, and that's so we're, we're doing that. And that's completely different. And it's kind of, it's really like whole meal replacement, but really well prepared whole meal replacement. And I'm, it met, we sold pretty well last Sunday and it met with rave reviews. We're doing that. Um, we're, you know, we're taking our bakery, which is normally a bakery cafe with just a little bit of counter service, but really functions baking all the breads and, and uh, pastries that we use in all our restaurants. Um, of course, they're, you know, they're going to be scaled way back because there's so much less demand. Um, but what they're doing is they've transitioned to, they have a curbside pickup for uh, pints and quarts of, of homemade soups and fresh baked breads. We're breaking, you know, and they're baking more baguettes and bowls and things like that. We have online ordering for pastries, uh, cupcakes and cupcakes, um, and you know, people are using it. So it, it's keeping us going. And, and I'd say that's the one thing that, that we're really, really working through is, you know, is the, that interplay between online ordering, you know, call in ordering, navigating the, the curbside pickup. We've never done curbside pickup. We're doing delivery at uh, two of the restaurants. And were you doing never delivery done before? Delivery. So you, ha- you weren't no. doing delivery before. Um, no. So I, one thing that's been coming up a lot is people have been saying, um, you know, the the hoops that you have to jump through through with regard to insurance, the added cost of operations, uh, the the training of your employees to do delivery uh, might not be the best option. The the most path or the path of least resistance and least friction is to adopt curbside pickup because you're transferring right. a lot of the risk on the the guests as far as uh, driving, not like risk of contracting the, the virus, but driving uh, that that risk there. Um, and that's what you you've been doing, uh, but. Ha- would you recommend that people get into the delivery game? I mean, you guys have 10 locations, 10 businesses, big team. So I feel like you might be able to have the, the resources to be able to make that quick investment. Whereas a one unit operator might not. Well, no, that's definitely true. I mean, um, one of the things, one of the weird things that we had going on is we had multiple employees who also drove for Uber and Lyft. So they already have commercial insurance on their car. Mm they're already set up to deliver. So it's in, we're using those and, you know, we're using, basically we're using some of our executive team. Um, and, and it's, the delivery is very, very limited. Uh, in, in downtown Lexington, some of it's on foot um, because, you know, people just, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll do it because it's easy and it gives me an excuse to order from you, but we are primarily curbside. Uh, and that is a thing now, and, and, and you brought up, yeah, we had 10 locations. So what that means is at nine 15 on Monday morning, when the governor of the state of Kentucky announced that all restaurants would have to close and, uh, to in-person dining restaurants and bars would have to close, uh, to in-person dining. That meant that by five o'clock that day, uh, 150 people had been told we'll call you back when we have work. We were able to keep about 50 people. Um, 
and you know we're doing our best to take care of everybody else and we're telling people hey if if there's a vehicle that we can you know you know we'll be you'll be getting a paycheck this paycheck you'll be getting a partial paycheck after that and between now and then we find a way where we can do this we'll just pay everybody like you're on vacation and you know we're we're doing those things but you know that's yeah that's 150 people one small restaurant group in central kentucky um you know yeah. That's 150 people. Yeah. And yeah, our, our online unemployment system has crashed three times since Monday. Wow. Um, but, so. Doug, uh, any final thoughts, any final words of advice, wisdom? Uh, I told you this would be 20 minutes. We're already over our time and I want to respect you. So uh, I'll give you your exit now if you want to take it. Uh, what do you got for us? Anything? My final thing is, you know, be Be flexible. Um, you know, whether you're, a, you know, a staff member, a member of management, an owner, operator, you know, restaurant executive, whatever you're, be flexible. Uh, understand that what's going on right now is without precedent. And this is something we've never done. And it's not, it's not going to be easy. And most likely it's not going to be smooth, but we're human beings and human beings given the fact that we've been around as long as we have are resilient people that are just incredibly adaptable. You know, we've adapted to just about every climate on the planet, um, all kinds of different situations. When we've been through terrible, terrible things, we'll get through it. Um, and you know, things are going to be different by nature. They can't be the same, but we'll get through it. Beautiful, Doug. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to share what's going on with the uh, Oida Restaurant Group. Uh, until Oida, I uh, said hello. Uh, another past guest on the show. She's welcome to join us. If she has any thoughts, uh, let her know, please. I don't want her to feel left out. I'm sure she's got pl- enough on her plate right now. Uh, but, uh, just my thoughts are with well, you in the group. And sorry, I cut you short. I was just going to say I, I, I want to you know thank you, and I want to let everyone know that you know the. The Weed and Michael Restaurant Group is is not going away. You know we're going to get through this, and we'll be back. And um, you know, I, Weed is an incredibly positive person, so that that helps a lot. So um, everybody out there, just take heart. Yes, thank you so much, Doug. Uh, be well, and feel free to keep in touch. All right, thanks. Cheers. All right. Thank you, Doug, for coming on the show. Uh, some really great takeaways from today's chat. I think the the things that we can pull from this conversation is, uh, you know, reach out to your community. Maybe they're willing to help. Uh, they have their community uh, making donations. Uh, make the use of this time to work on the business that for them, that means they're uh, deep cleaning. They're making sure that, that the, their businesses are going to be shinier than ever uh, for the return of their Patreon or their patrons. Uh it looks like they're continuing to be there for their community by donating the uh, the leftover food uh, to pantries. Uh, they're making the the most of the ingredients they can salvage by um, blanching and saving for later. Uh, they got family meals. They're taking. They're, they're continuing to take. Man, you can tell I'm all over the place right now. They're continuing to uh, take care of their employees by with a family meals. Uh, I think the other big takeaway from this is that you know. Um, pick up the phone, call people. I know we're, we're we're very isolated right now. We're very alone, and I forget that sometimes you know we don't have to be alone. We we have these devices 
these computers in our pockets that are, are able to, you know, make calls, call people. If you're feeling, if you're feeling alone, you don't have to be. I mean, we, we can't be physically next to each other, but don't be afraid to reach out to other restaurant owners and operators uh, in your community to, to get that sense of togetherness, to communicate, to find out what people are doing, to, to, to support one another. That's definitely an option. And I like his mentality that he thinks the, the industry is going to come out stronger. And, um, you don't want to see anybody go out of business. You don't want to see anybody fail. But the truth of the matter is there's going to be a big chunk of restaurants that aren't around at the end of this thing, um, which is so unfortunate. But you know what? Uh, the people who do stick around are going to be the stronger ones, the ones that um, you know have what it takes, the, one that are, the ones that are truly passionate to go through anything to stay in this business. And I, I have to admit, I'm kind of excited to know that um, there's going to be a, a, a stronger breed of professional in the aftermath of all this. And like I said, it's sad to think that anybody is going to be without a business or job, but it is a little heartwarming to know that the industry as a whole is going to be stronger at the end of this. And just keeping in mind that we as humans are very uh, able to adapt to adversity. um, And, you know, whenever we go through hard times, we always come out stronger. And that's something to kind of keep in the back of your minds to stay positive through all this. Uh, All right. Uh, I'll talk to you guys in a couple hours. Peace.